What is going on, everybody? The glorious gift to mankind known as Sportstober is upon us. We got NHL kicking off tonight. MLB playoffs are in full swing. The NFL is right through the quarter mark. College football is heating up. NBA starts next week. It is a good time to be alive as a sports fan. What's going on? Welcome back to another episode of Booth Review. As always, I'm your host, Devin Primrose, joined by my brother from another mother, Mr. Blake Ivy. What is going on, man? Man, had to watch the Braves lose a heartbreaker to the Phillies today. Lost by one run, which was uh, a bummer. But excited that postseason baseball is here. Because yes, as you know, it's the only time I pay attention to baseball is postseason baseball. It is a long uh, season. It is. It's, it it's, is. And it's, it's a little, I mean, I feel like they could easily cut probably 40 or 50 games and it'd be just fine. But I, I mean, I get it because it's a serious sport, you know? Yeah. Yeah, and and you know what? I think that for for those who truly love baseball, like you yeah. do, and like uh, like some other friends of ours, like, hey, I'm all for it. Just like run it, because I'm I know as a football fan, it's like, man, I would love more games. I would love. There's nothing worse than when the season is over and you're like, man, we have to wait so long. Yeah, but so, the the tough thing with football, and this is something I that I've argued as my reasoning against extending the season in football, is that. With with the NFL and in college too, every game matters. Every oh, yeah. game means something, and so yeah. the more games you add, the less meaning games have. That's and true. so, like that's kind of my problem with with hockey, basketball, and baseball is that regular season almost doesn't matter, especially with with hockey and uh, and basketball, just because of how many teams get into the postseason. Oh yeah, I hate I I was against expanding playoffs for the NFL for a long time. Uh, I think what they have now is is pretty good. Um, I like the idea yeah. of, of the one seed meaning something. You get the, the first round by and that's it. Um, but I was against it for a long time because I, I didn't want to get to a point to where everybody got in and it was meaningless regular season because who cares? As long as you're right. 500, you're getting a, a spot in the postseason. And I, I mean, I think the same thing happens with extending the season uh, – with more games, is they just become meaningless. You get too many, but I'm with you. More football means more excitement. I'll, I'll be interested to see how the, I know the NBA wants to start doing these like midseason tournaments. Yeah, like I do like that idea, which is something that that soccer does. And so I would love to see how that can kind of like incorporate into, um, you know, a sport like basketball, but to make a longer season seem more important on you know, on a nightly basis. So, yeah, absolutely. But, I mean, I think that could be tons of fun and basketball, yeah. I think is a good sport to like find a way to incorporate that. Cause it's kind yeah. of, it's kind of run similar and the hockey's the same way. They're both kind of run similar to, um, to soccer schedule to where like you don't play a couple games in a row. It's like a game and then a couple day break game, whatever. Typically, I mean, you yeah. get, you do get back to backs, but yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, so I mean, well, NFL wise, it was uh, definitely a bummer for both of our teams this week. Um, I listen. I just want to say, I I don't want to talk about the terrible pass interference call. I mean, terrible uh, roughing the passer call because I'm just tired of it. I'm just tired. Well, like it, 
It's going to get mentioned at some point. <laughs> no, that's fine. I'm just saying, like, <laughs> as far as I'm concerned, I could probably spend the entire podcast, I think we both could, yeah. ranting about the impact that these stupid roughing the passer calls have on the game. And I know you have experienced it with Clay Matthews. Clay Matthews yep. used to get them all the time. Yep. Um, and, yeah. It, just the whole thing. So I mean, like it was, it was that just... was super frustrating. I, I think that Atlanta definitely that's a that's a winnable game at that yeah. point, and and the defense did what you needed them to do to do it, and that's all I'm gonna say about it. But it was painful. It was frustrating. As soon as it happened, I just left. Like I was I was done. But I I will say I'm a little underprepared this week. We had uh, an event at church. Well, which I Steve and I and you know Steve yeah. at church. We came in first place in the cornhole tournament, so oh, we won. Nice. Yeah, I know, I know, we did, we did well. So Steve, <clears throat> Steve carried me a little bit. He's pretty good at cornhole. Um, <laughs> I'm not bad myself, but uh, and then uh, and then that night I had to come home and finish a paper for seminary. So I was, uh, I I didn't get to see any of the Ravens and Bengals game. Okay. I don't think I got to see any of it, but so I was I was a little bit away from my TV more so than yeah. I, I would like to have been, but I did get to catch up. I was watching the one o'clock games on Red Zone, and uh, obviously a heavy attention on the Falcons. Yeah. But I do think that that Sunday night game was almost uh, almost the reverse of what we got on Thursday night, where it was just it was just gar like garbage game, garbage yeah. offense, like. It wasn't even that the defenses were playing super well. It's just the offenses were so inept and couldn't do anything. Oh, so and bad. then the the flip side on that Sunday night game, yet yeah, while it was kind of low scoring, I mean, I think both teams, I think it was like 2017, something like that. Um, yeah. While it was kind of low scoring, it's because both defenses were playing well. Like both teams yeah. were able to move the ball still and, and, create some some explosion offensively but both teams also played excellent defense yeah i mean so. that that's kind of like uh the that rams um 49ers game a couple weeks ago where the yes. 49ers defense was just lights out yeah and so yeah it's like just because a game is low scoring doesn't mean it's boring uh right. but sure that thursday night game was an absolute Awful. snoozer of Awful. a game Maybe the worst, like, I didn't even finish watching it. I had no idea until the next morning that Matt Ryan, I was like, this is so boring. I can't, like, I love football. And and for the most yeah. part, I enjoy a good low-scoring game because it means good yeah. defense. Yeah, typically. That game was terrible. Well, I mean, if we're already if we're already starting off on negative foot, should we just switch things up and start with under review? Let's do it. Let's do it. Let's get the bad <laughs> out of the way. Under review! First of all, just the Thursday night, we'll, we'll just... Honorary under review is that the Bengals are on prime. I mean, the uh, sorry, that the Broncos are on prime time way too much. Mm -hmm. Way too much. They're on prime they time again the, this week. That's what I was going to say. They got prime time again this week. And yep. it's like, man, we have to watch this struggle bus. Yep. Just, it's so terrible. So, honorary under review is the fact that we have to watch the Denver Broncos <laughs> in prime time far too many times for, but in fairness, they've let everyone down. So, well, I I can start us off since uh, do it since mine is kind of all encompassing of a yeah. bunch of games this past weekend. Uh, my yeah. under review is just just all of the dumb decisions, every single <laughs> one of them, uh, like meaningful at, at meaningful spots of games being idiots. Yeah. Uh, start off in that Thursday night game, which somehow went to overtime because after four quarters, both teams were scored at nine apiece because. 
both offenses are garbage. Uh, we go to overtime. The Colts manage to kick a field goal. Broncos get a chance. They're driving down the field. They get to fourth and one from their own five in overtime with two minutes and 36 seconds left. We could just easily kick the field goal, uh, you know, keep it a tie game, play for the so tie. So not their, not their own five. The... No, no. Yeah. No, no. On, gotcha, gotcha. on on the Colts five, uh, yeah. easy chip shot field goal, just tie the game, play for the tie, move on because neither team deserves to win. What does no. Nathaniel Hackett do? No, let's go. Let's go back out there. Send our offense back out there. Go for the win. They lose. They lose. Cost yourself a game, Nathaniel Hackett. Might have cost yourself your job. Honestly, should probably okay. cost yourself your job. Let's move over to Sunday, shall we? We get the Chargers versus the Browns. Fourth and two from their own forty-five. With a two-point lead, a minute and 14 seconds left, Staley decides to Staley. And he decides to go for it on fourth and two from his own 45. Which, just so you're aware, if you turn the ball over there, that's a pretty... Like, you just gotta go like five to ten yards to get into field goal range. Yeah. Which is what happened. Cleveland got a first down, got into field goal range, and missed the 50-yard, 54-yard field goal. So... The Chargers sneak away with a win because Cleveland missed a field Didn't goal. Uh, for the record, that's the only dumb decision that actually worked in favor because of, you know, yeah, whatever. Yeah, just Cade York's yes. error. He's a yes. rookie. It's okay. Let's go down to Jacksonville, where we had Jacksonville Jaguars, the Houston Texans. Doug Peterson went for, went for it on fourth down three times in this game. Three mm-hmm. times. Uh, this is a losing effort by the Jaguars. They end up losing to the Texans. But in the second quarter, tied at three apiece on their own, or actually on Houston's 37, which would have been a 54-yard field goal, they go for it on fourth and four. Fourth and four. Idiot. Then, in the fourth quarter, early on, and it was tied. when they're tied 6-6, both six, six, both they're yeah. tied 6-6 six, six from the same exact spot on fourth and one, they decide to go for it again. That's six points left on the field from not attempting 54-yard field goals. I'm all for analytics, statistics, whatever, what have you. But don't be dumb about it. Make right. smart decisions. That's just the coaching uh, dumb decisions. Then, well, hold, hold, hold on. I wanna, let me, let okay, me jump right, in on this. Interject, we've, we've, interject. Talked about, like, we've talked about when to go for it on fourth down. Honestly... The, the Chargers one makes a little bit of sense because your offense is clicking that day. Everything was going well for the Chargers offense. Things are things it, are going... It was in the first half. Right. I guess that's true, yeah. Um, and so it, it, it doesn't make sense if your offense isn't like the Denver Broncos. Your offense has been struggling right. all yes. year. You guys can't put up points all year. So when it's fourth and five, although... Th- the numbers probably are still not on your side, but even if the numbers were on your side, yeah. your momentum of your offense is not. Same thing for the Jacksonville Jaguars. Jacksonville Jaguars, they struggled offensively yep. on Sunday. And so when you're struggling to go for it on fourth down with a struggling offense, that doesn't make any sense. Agreed. I understand if your offense is rolling, you're moving, and it's like, okay, let's do this. But 
I, it it just is stupid decisions based on analytics with the moment aside. Yep. So anyway, sorry. I don't to not to interrupt and, and hijack your under review. But well, no, continue. no, that's that's fine because it's kind of split into two into two sections. Because uh, right. again, that's just the coaching dumb decisions. Then we get the stupid decisions by the refs to cost us oh. exciting moments in games. Two awful roughing the passer passing calls. Roughing, roughing the passer calls. First, on Sunday, Atlanta is down six. Tampa has the ball third and five on the Atlanta 47, three minutes left. What do you got to do? You got to get a stop. What does Gray Jarrett do? He sacks Tom Brady as clean as you can sack a quarterback. We talk about the strike zone being the chest. Right in right, right in there. Didn't go, didn't go low. Didn't go for the legs. Didn't hit him high in the head. Right in the chest area as clean as you can sack a quarterback i didn't, mean didn't picture, body slam him picture didn't put his weight perfect. on it picture perfect roughing the passer because jerome boger is an idiot that doesn't know idiot. what the hell he's doing out there no then way. the next day the next day after everybody in the whole universe can agree that's a bogus call yeah monday night football Vegas against Kansas City. Vegas is up 17-7. And they have the ball on uh third and eight from their own 46 with just over a minute left in the first half. So they're driving down the field. Chris Jones got an absolutely beautiful strip sack. I mean, if you you, yeah. you could not find a better strip sack anywhere in 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 highlights, probably. No. Gets called rough in the passer. Two meaningful drives and two meaningful spots this is dumb bs and somebody on the radio today brought up a good point you know nfl is starting to get in business with these as as sports gambling becomes prominent starts getting in business with these sports books and whether or not they actually have anything to do with fixing Mm. games i don't want to go that far as as to say that they're involved in that yeah they do have a direct involvement in figuring out a way to get these refs to be better. And these calls can affect the outcome of games. Sure, yep. sure, because the line was massive in that Atlanta-Tampa Bay game, Atlanta did cover the spread. However, yep. they didn't win outright. And they didn't even get a chance to win outright because of this call. Yep. So... I just think it it does it's a bad look for the NFL if they don't do something about this. And the fact that you had two bad calls as bad as this on back to back nights is awful. Straight yeah. up awful. Yeah. Especially, yeah, I, I hadn't even thought about it from that, you know, you brought up the oh, they said on the radio that mm-hmm. just like the, the gambling side of it that it's like you now owe it more to your fans to let it be to get the calls right. You exactly. Know? Like you owe it to the fans who are who are now not just investing their time, but also investing money yep. that you're encouraging. Yep. Like as the NFL, you are encouraging them to do this. And so uh, you should, you should take their money and our time. If we're being honest, seriously, like that's yep. a weight that should be, should be respected. So yeah, I, that's, that's a great point, but yeah, yeah I, those I'm were just, two terrible calls. I hate them. I'm starting to feel like maybe Tom Brady is the undertaker uh, of the NFL against atlanta you know going into this game he was 10 and 0 against atlanta and he got a bogus call to keep him 
keep the streak yep. alive. Uh, I don't know if you know about the Undertaker at WrestleMania, but for a long time, it was known that the Undertaker doesn't lose at WrestleMania. He, he went, <laughs> he went like he went like thirty-one and zero uh, before somebody beat him at at, at WrestleMania, and we'll so uh, Brock Lesnar ended the streak. Ooh. Yeah, it, a lot of people, a lot of people were upset about that because a lot of hardcore wrestling fans don't really love. Brock Lesnar, because he's kind of a part timer that comes in and does what he wants and then leaves and goes to the UFC or takes he, takes six months off. Is he a heel in Yeah, yeah, very much okay. so. Very okay. much so. Uh but yeah, the Undertaker doesn't lose at WrestleMania and apparently Tom Brady doesn't lose against Atlanta. Just no matter what, doesn't lose. Yep, NFL can't have that happen. Uh, yeah. Anyways, there's there's my neg- negative rant of the day. So uh under review. Everybody making decisions. Yeah, just just do everybody, better. Everybody do better. <laughs> Us making terrible picks. Do better. I'm trying. I'm trying, coach. Yeah, you, we probably probably should have put us in there on terrible decisions. I don't think either. I think both of us have only had one winning week. The uh, rest well, of them, I'll, we've just gone even. I went nine and seven this week. You did. I That's did a winning that. week. That's. I think this is your only one. I think every other time you've gone eight and eight or less. Uh, that that checks out. <laughs> um, so uh, for me, under review, I have the the question mark that is Trevor Lawrence. What? Yeah. I feel like he is just a Jeopardy answer at this point. Is who who is Trevor Lawrence? Who is Trevor Lawrence? Are we watching a, a quarterback? Who is going to be good in the NFL? Which is, it, honestly, like that's kind of what it's looked like this year. Is it's like, is he developing? Yeah. Uh, Sunday we saw no. Davis Mills is still the best quarterback from that draft class. Sadly, um, Trevor Lawrence. Okay, I begin. That was that was a bit drastic, but I mean, especially Sunday, Trevor Lawrence threw for fifty three percent against the Texans. He was 25 of 47, 286 yards, which is which is a whole lot of yards. Yeah. 286 yards, uh, no touchdowns, two picks, a QBR of 32, and a quarterback rating of 54. Oof. Absolutely terrible. You know what's crazier? Not like he was under tremendous pressure all game. There was one QB hit. He was not sacked a single time wow. all game. And yet, here he is only completing 53% of his passes. And who did he play? Was this against the Steelers' defense? Was this against the Mighty Mighty Cowboys? No! (laughs) It was against the second-best team in Texas, also known as, like, the 30th-best team in the league. The Houston Texans. You could only complete 53% of your passes against the Texans? Who were you scared of? Who was causing this fear in you? Like, I don't know. I have no idea how on earth you get into this situation where you just absolutely, like, like there's no excuse. He just couldn't play quarterback on this day. And, like, yeah. I, I, I did. I, I was trying to figure out what happened. They went for it on fourth too many times. Sure, they, they might have been able to kick a 54-yard field goal. I don't, to be, I mean, if we're being honest, nobody knows anything about um, Riley Patterson, the kicker for Jacksonville, and I know yeah, that because I just 
found him here. But I feel like if um, you're an NFL an NFL kicker, you should be able to kick a a 50 plus yarder. I think that I would say with at least like 65% to 70% accuracy, you should be able to kick a 50 plus yarder. You know what I'm saying? Like Yeah, I think, his, I think um, you should at least give him at least one chance, you know? And if he misses the first time, then sure, maybe the second time you're in the same spot, you go for it. I, I would I would understand that. His longest in his career is uh, is 52 yards. So, like, this is not a guy who has done a whole lot of distance kicking. Hey, Just- and that 52-yarder was this year. Hey, Justin Tucker's longest was 64 until he got to try a 66-yarder. So- I understand, but, like, <laughs> if you don't think your guy can do it, like, if he doesn't hit from that in practice, in practice, in practice, <laughs> then he's probably not going to do it in a game. But, I mean, regardless, like, I just don't understand how a quarterback that that is supposed to be a generational talent throws for 53% and two picks, never sacked against the Texans. Yeah. He's just, like, this Texans team is, is the most confusing team to me. In in the entirety of the NFL, because yeah. this was their first win of the season. But so far, their games have been 20 to 20 against the Colts, 16 to 9 against the Broncos, 23 to 20 against the Bears, 34 to 24 against the Chargers. And, and they were surging there at the end against the Chargers last week. So, like, like, I don't I don't know how this team is as bad as they are. I don't, I don't know what it is. I can't I can't put my yeah. finger on anything. But. I mean, you know, I don't know. But in this game, the Jags had 422 yards of total offense. The Texans had 248. So almost double the total yards. Wow. Um, Houston had 56 total plays. The Jags had 73 total plays. So I I just don't understand... Like and it all comes down to quarterback play. I mean, Davis Mills, he did, he was he was like, he was he showed up like yeah. sixteen for twenty four hundred forty. He, he was yards. not stellar. Like, he wasn't stellar, but he wasn't bad. Didn't throw for any touchdowns. Didn't throw for any picks. Like, yeah. I, I just I don't know what to do with Trevor Lawrence. I, uh, uh, th- uh, th- that's why I put him under review. Yeah, I'm a, he's under review. Trevor Lawrence, get it together. Yeah, I. It is tough because you you would hope to see a little bit more from him uh, in, in his second year, and, and like you said, like through the first four weeks, he he was looking pretty solid. He looked like he was taking the right steps forward, and then he comes out with a, a game like this, and it's and it's tough to know exactly what you have, um, especially against a, a subpar Texans defense. Uh, as far as the Texans go, like I I think the Texans are pretty much what we thought they were uh, in in our preview to where like there's there's some talented individuals on this team with with potential but as a whole it's not very good uh and and it's probably poorly coached um with with the with the interesting hire of of lovey smith um (laughs) but can they show up for a game here and there probably and i think they've done that this year you know yeah so who knows? But anyway, uh, who you got? Who you got as your your good? We we started with the bad this week. Well, let's let's shift gears. Well, if we're shifting, if, if we're shifting gears, we're gonna shift gears real hard 
uh, and go to <laughs> Trevor Lawrence from Trevor Lawrence's awful play to yeah. maybe best quarterback in the league, uh, Josh Allen's masterful Sunday against the Pittsburgh Steelers. Now I yeah. I get this the Steelers. The Steelers defense is still good, although Very not good. not as good without uh without TJ TJ Watt out there. Um, but what Josh Allen did to them on Sunday was something else. Yeah. Twenty of thirty one for four hundred and twenty four yards, four touchdowns. Did have the one pick, uh, but a QBR of eighty six point two, a passer rating of one hundred and thirty four point one. And I got to mention his go-to deep threat, Gabe Davis, who you want to hear a ridiculous stat line. This is his stat line. Oh, he, yeah, I know. He had three receptions, three catches. You would, <laughs> you would think, okay, guy's got three catches. Maybe he goes off and gets like 50, 60 yards on it. And which what could he possibly still, which have crazy. with three receptions? Three receptions for 171 yards and two mm. of those catches going for touchdowns i think the two the two uh touchdown catches were long ones i know yeah. he, he had a 98 yard um mm-hmm. 98 yard touchdown reception i think he had another one that was like 50 ish or 60 ish uh where josh yeah. allen i mean literally that that's one of the prettiest passes i've ever seen josh allen literally placing it only where gabe davis can get it by reaching his hand out and it literally just fallen right into i mean Amazing. Yeah. And then did you Amazing. see was that the one that he had to snatch away from uh Minka Fitzpatrick? Isn't that who it was? That no, was not, there? not did not you see that one? I I I mean I watched most of this game, but yeah. He I mean literally he's running in stride, has his defender beat, um, and Josh Allen literally places it right over his head into yeah, yeah, Gabe yeah. Davis's outstretched hand. Yeah, and so when and when when he brought it in to where to his hand? Okay, yes, yes, yes. Uh, I, yeah, I know yeah. what I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah. Patrick grabbed it and yes. pulls it into his chest, and then yeah. Gabe Davis just yanks it back. And I yes. was like, "What yes. a bad dude!" Like that was a boss move. Um, but, amazing play. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was it was beautifully placed, mm. and it was, it, but but also very well defended. Like yeah. he was exactly where he needed to be. That when Gabe Davis pulled that ball into his chest. He was also giving it to the defender, yeah. And then Gabe Davis just said, "No, this one's mine." Touchdown. I went back Thank and you. I went back and looked at the like the actual air yardage that that ball was in the air from Josh Allen's hand to to uh, Gabe Davis's hand, and I yeah. believe it was somewhere in the like sixty three to sixty five yard mark. Holy You're talking God. about a guy that can throw a ball sixty plus yards and drop it on a dime. Amazing, mm. amazing work. I mean, this, me and you are already both big fans of Josh Allen. I, I don't need oh, yeah. to gush over him anymore. Uh, <laughs> but, yeah, best of the booth, Josh Allen, Gabe Davis, fantastic work on Sunday. Fantastic yeah. work. Just ridiculous. <clears throat> yeah, I uh, speaking of, of the 170 mark, my best of the booth is also somebody who had over 170 yards on oh, Sunday. Oh, yeah? And that is old Austin Eckler. And now listen, we have been pretty um, pretty slanderous of Austin Eckler in the past. That we've said that he uh, is, is not a playmaker. He's just opportunistic. And so when he gets the opportunities, he does well with those. Yeah. Um, But this week was a little bit different. He was an absolute monster. So you, you want to know what's crazy about Austin Eckler's day on Sunday? 
coming into this game, I've already given away like kind of the punchline. <laughs> so this Sunday, yeah. he had 173 rushing yards. Do you want to just take a stab in the dark at how many rushing yards he had in the first four weeks of the season leading up to this? Probably like 150. Yeah, that was very, very good guess. 140. Yeah. He had 140 <laughs> yards, and this week he had 173 yards. He more than doubled his yardage for the season in one day. And that, that included a 71-yard touchdown run. Uh, he also had 26 receiving yards, which bothers me a little bit because it it adds up to just 199 yards for the day. And I'm like, you guys couldn't give it to him like one more time? Like, let him get one more yard. Yeah. So just so he has a nice even 200. But, I mean, I don't think anybody's complaining about his 199-yard day uh, <laughs> with, with two total touchdowns. So, I mean, just absolutely monstrous day for Austin Eckler against a pretty good Browns defense. Like the yeah. Browns defense is, is not, it's not, they're not bums, especially because miles Garrett was back. So like, it, it's not like they're just, a, they're not a terrible defense. So yeah. props to Austin Eckler, best of the booth, absolute monster on Sunday. Yeah. Hands. I mean, hats off to him. Amazing, amazing day for, for Eckler. And yeah, I've, I've been pretty critical of him. I think I, I, I want to say I did a uh, a streamed a, a fantasy draft I did before the season, um, and I I think I talked about how I don't understand why Eckler is going so high in fantasy uh, in fantasy drafts, and I still don't love him. Um, but balled out on Sunday. I got nothing bad yeah. I can say about his performance on Sunday. That's nope. for sure. Yeah, we got so. we got a legit counterfeit. Always, man. I'm All always right. on it with the, the LOC. So <laughs> it's a lock for the LOC. Uh, so we are now officially over a quarter of the way through the season. So yeah. uh, I'm going to come at you with another rapid fire, legit or counterfeit. Okay. Um, rapid fire of the current division leaders in each one of the divisions. And I want you okay. to tell me if you think that they're legit and they're going to win the division, or if you think they're counterfeit uh, and they're going to get dethroned. Okay. So like uh, Buffalo bills, legit, Wicked. Easy. legit, Easy. Uh, Baltimore Ravens. In that division. Legit. Yeah. I'm with you. I don't think there's anybody who's better than them. It's, it's tough division. though. Cause I don't, again, I still don't love that, that, that defense, but, yeah. 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 Uh Tennessee Titans. That's a terrible the, the division. garbage division. I'll say le- I'll say legit, I guess. Yeah. That, I don't I, like I it. Think, I, I think it's them. I would love to see the Jags do it. Yeah. But after this past week, I'm not sure that they've got it in them. So uh and then Kansas City Chiefs. Legit. Yeah. And it's only because I think everybody else has had a really slow start. Or or unsurprisingly bad start like like the Broncos and Raiders. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. the Chargers to me is they're just so banged up. Right. Like, That's I, what I'm I saying. I don't know if they can catch them at this point. I um, think I think there's still time because they're what they're only two games back or one game back. I yeah, think. but I I just still think that just the steam they've got, you know, like That's fair. Yeah. Getting getting guys back and will they be completely healthy? You know, hopefully. Uh, the the Chargers are able to put it together for the postseason, but yeah, definitely. Um, moving over to the NFC, 
Uh, NFC East. I'm not going to give you titles. I'll forget them. Uh, we got <laughs> the Philadelphia Eagles. Legit or counterfeit? Uh, I'll say legit. But that Dallas defense yeah, special, is amazing. Uh, and once Dak gets healthy and comes back and that offense can, can be that much better uh, with him instead of Cooper Rush, that's going to be a fun division chase to watch. It will be. Uh, Minnesota Vikings. Legit. Yeah, I'm with you. Begrudgingly Sam. legit. Yep, yep. Uh, also, begrudgingly, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. The, again, this is very similar to the AFC South, where it's like all these teams are not good, you know? Yeah. The but, NFC, both all, both of the South, the AFC yeah, South, NFC yeah. South, terrible divisions. I'm going to I'm gonna say legit again, just because I don't know. Like, if, if it's not going to be them, who's it going to be, you know? Yeah. So. I don't see the Saints or the Panthers taking it, and the Falcons is a stretch. Um, yeah. possible, but a stretch. Yeah. Uh, then San Francisco 49ers. Legit. Yeah. I yeah. don't see anybody in that division dethroning them. How crazy would it be if, if all eight of these teams stay the division leader, the, the rest I, of the, I, I mean, it really is possible. Yeah. Like, I think these are probably the eight best. Well, I wouldn't say the eight best because, like, give me, oh, it, give me two teams from any other division right, over yeah. the over the uh, the Titans or the Bucks. Like, yeah. yeah, the Eagles. You've got the um, you got the Cowboys in that division. Probably the Packers in the NFC North. I think um, I think the Eagles and Cowboys is the only one that has a really good chance of flipping. Um, yeah, I. After the Packers' performance on Sunday, I, I'm starting to get worried about them. I, I might, I might contend that maybe the Dolphins could be in contention to overtake the Bills, depending and, on depending on Tua and when he comes back and what he looks like uh, yeah. at quarterback again. I potentially, yes, yeah. So. Anyway, I just think that's interesting. I, when I looked at it, I was like, you know what? These really could be the eight division winners, and they could just sit there for the rest of the season. Um, yeah. Or maybe not Maybe not sit there, but probably will end up there um, at the end of the season. So. Yeah, yeah. Solid, legit, or counterfeit. Thank you. I do what I can. Well, as we always do, I say we put week five in the rear view and head on over to week six. And hey, let's get piggy with it, man. No, 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 getting piggy with it. No, 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 getting piggy with it. No, 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 getting piggy with it. Bow. I keep thinking I need to make like a real song, and then I don't because I don't have time. <laughs> and then I think, you know what? It's pretty, pretty fine the way it is. Well, <laughs> it is pretty good, and I'll say it's a lot better than what this Thursday night game is going to be. It's true. Uh, if you thought, oh, wait, 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 wait. Before we get into it, yeah, we have to know the records. The most yeah. important part. As long as I'm in the lead, I will I mean, make sure. I don't think it's it's important, but if you if you say so. So, uh, at this point of the season, we are both in the negative. Uh, we both have losing pick records. Sounds about uh, right. I am I am thirty nine forty and one. And you are 38, 41, and 1. 
So I still have a one game lead on you. You caught me by one this week. I'm making up ground. I'm doing you it. I did. You, you made up ground. You, <clears throat> you just got to make sure we're on odd disagreeances. Um, All right. So, well, if you thought last Thursday's game between the Colts and Broncos was bad, this Thursday is going to be a real doozy also. Uh, we have the Washington Commanders heading into Soldier Field to take on the Chicago Bears. Both these teams are a mess. I don't think either team is good, although Chicago did put up a fight, surprisingly, against the Vikings late in that game, and the Commanders' offense has looked pretty good at times. Uh, currently, Vegas has this line at even which I think is fair, because who knows what the heck is going to happen. Both yeah, these teams are poop. Uh, I liked what we did last week, where I gave my pick before turning it over to you. Uh, Ooh, I thought, okay. that was, thought that was pretty pretty cool and fresh and different. Um, <laughs> so, <laughs> so, I'm taking Washington in this game. I don't know why. I don't know what has compelled me to pick the team. Honestly, I don't want to pick either one of these teams to win. I think they should both get losses and just move on. Um, but they can't. Somebody's got to win. And I'm hoping that either, uh, if you haven't seen, Ron Rivera criticized his own quarterback this week. Uh, and just savage. I'm hoping that either one of two things happens. Either... That lit a fire under Carson Wentz to perform better. Um, or he does the smart and sensible thing of turning over the reins to Taylor Heineke, which I don't think is going to happen because for whatever reason, uh, the organization is just against giving that kid a shot. Um, but whatever. What do I know? I'm not a head coach. So I'm taking the commanders um, mainly because I don't think the Bears are that good. So over to you, good sir. Who you got, man? Um, I actually, for some reason, am picking the Bears. Uh, I think that they have started to lean into the fact that Justin Fields is not a thrower of the football. Um, and if he does throw the football, let's just throw it like 10 yards to Cole Komet. And he, had a, he had a nice deep one on Sunday he to did, uh, Mooney. To, to Darnell Mooney, yeah. I, I saw that. I saw that happen. Uh, but I, I think that if... Uh, the, sorry, the, uh, I, I kept looking at the team stats. We're at the point of the season where I've started to really like, I'm getting back into the team stats cause they like mean something now, yeah. you know, when it's like two games, it's like, yeah, one of those games was against the jets, which yeah. again, who knows anything about the jets. Um, so looking and I kept getting confused and looking at the giants and forgetting which game I was actually supposed to look at. Cause I actually don't have a, a team picked on that game. Spoiler alert. Um, <laughs> The uh, so I was looking at it. The commies have one of the most average run defenses in the league, just like smack middle of the pack, maybe like a, a smidge above halfway when it comes to run defenses. Yeah. Um, and then when it comes to pass defense, the Bears are like top 10. Um, Okay. So I think that when it comes to like matchup of strengths, I, I kind of like Chicago's ability to stop the pass, yeah. um, which is really the only threat. I mean, no knock against Antonio Gibson and man, Brian Robinson coming back this week. Just dope. Like, I love that yeah. that guy 
got shot in the leg and then he was dressed on Sunday. Like that's ridiculous. Yeah. So, um, you know, maybe he's able to get something going. I would love to see that. He was a stud in college. And so, you know, see him get going in the NFL. Neither here nor there. Uh, I'm going with the Bears. Um, I just, I don't know why. They're just not, they're at home. They're home. Sure. They can run the ball consistently. Yeah. That's all I got. Hey, starting off good with a, with a, with a disagreement. So disagreements. I'm here for it. Let's start, uh, start the day. Let's. Stop talking about this garbage game and move yeah, over to Sunday. Please do. Are you? Are you okay? Here's a real question: Are you actually going to watch the, th- the that Thursday night game? Uh, I don't know, man. Um, probably at least pay attention to it some. I yeah. might, I might not like watch it, watch it like I've done most of the primetime games, but I'll probably, yeah. I'll probably have it on on my phone and pay attention to it some. Whatever. Yeah. I mean. I I can almost guarantee I'll be asleep before that game is over. Yeah, I mean, if it gets interesting, then I'll definitely turn it on. But I don't see a way in which this game gets interesting. No. Uh, but moving over to Sunday, yeah. start starting us off at 1 p.m. over on Fox. We have the New York Jets flying high after a 40-point uh, offensive performance. Heading into Lambeau to take on the Green Bay Packers, who had a two-touchdown lead on the Giants and blew it, uh, losing that game 27-22, to I think was the final score. I don't know. I, I've blacked it out of my memory. Um, <laughs> currently, Green Bay are seven-point favorites, and why? Like, why Why are we doing this, Vegas? I understand it's the Jets, but the Jets just scored 40 points, uh, and the Packers' defense has been incredibly underwhelming after looking like it should be one yeah. of the best defenses in football. It has looked like garbage. Uh, I will say that, for whatever reason, I don't understand why it's been like this, but it seems as if, you know, over the last few years, especially since Matt LaFleur's been there, something the Packers have done so well is be a second-half team. It might be close or or even tied at halftime, but somehow the Packers will come out and and win the game by double digits, uh, and, and that has been the complete opposite this year. Yeah. Um, you look at what they did against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers; they had a two touchdown lead against them. They let the the Bucks get back into it. They did end up squeaking out the win, but it was 14-12. You look at what they did against the Patriots uh, last week, where yeah. they had a big lead. Patriots got back into it, took it to overtime. Yes, the Packers did win on a field goal in overtime, but they still they shouldn't have allowed it to get that way. Again, on Sunday in uh in in London, Packers had a 14 point win or 14 point lead over this Giants team, uh 17 to 3. The Giants come out and completely dominate the second half and win that game 27 to 22. Uh I don't I don't know what's happening um, in the second half of these games, but Packers have to figure out a way to finish or close out uh, these games. They, they can't allow yeah. opponents, especially inferior opponents like the Giants to and, and the Bailey Zappi-led um, New England Patriots to come back mm-hmm. and make it a game down the stretch. You can't afford to do that. And I will say that the Jets' offense has been clicking since Zach Wilson came back. And while I don't like Zach Wilson, I don't think that he's particularly performed exceptionally well. He's performed good enough for an offense that has a lot of talent around him. Uh, and so if you if you sleep on this Jets team, I would not be surprised to watch New York 
walk away with a win in this game. All that being, all that being, listen, New York did all of that against the Dolphins, again, who were starting, who were playing their third string quarterback, who nobody has ever heard. Even his mom was like, he plays in the NFL now. They were still facing a Dolphins defense that is decent. It's not a bad defense. They were exhausted though. Like that's the thing is like, sure. By by the end of the game, when they were really able to do their damage, that team was exhausted. Like. The Jets scored Listen, 21 points in the fourth quarter. You talk about somebody being absolutely gassed. It would have been this Dolphins defense in the fourth quarter. Again, all of that being said, I'm still picking the Packers in this game. <laughs> However, yeah. I will not be surprised if the Jets win this one. I would be shocked. I would be I shocked wouldn't if be. the Jets win. The Jets <clears throat> have not- been such a weird team to like try to figure out what they're doing. I think even they are like, I don't know. We're just, we just kind of came out of here. We didn't even know. I wasn't sure the game was at one o'clock. It's, it's I thought, only, it's I thought only we were coming up for warmups. It's only because of how underwhelming this Packers team has been as a whole. That Absolutely. I even say that the jets have a chance in this game. Yeah. That's, that's what it is. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm with you. I've got the, I've got the Packers in this one. I'm not going to try to make it fancy or like, no, I, I would be shocked if the jets are close. I think I, that, I think this is an opportunity for the Packers to assert their dominance, which should have been this past Sunday, but they were also no. playing overseas. So it's hard to know. I, I don't know. I've just, I've seen a lot of things that concern me on this team. Now, don't get me wrong. Like yeah. there's still a lot of talent on this Packers team. So I know what they're capable of doing. Uh, it's just, yeah. it's they're, they're not, they're not performing up to that talent um, thus far through five games. And that to me is a little worrisome, especially That's for fair. a team that should be, I don't know, arguably top three team in the NFC. Yeah. So you're not playing like it. Well, let's move over to those New York Giants coming off of a upset win over in London against the Green Bay Packers. They now get Lamar Jackson, probably uh top three MVP candidate at this point in time, Lamar Jackson. Uh, leading the Ravens into MetLife Stadium in New Jersey. Currently, the Ravens are five-point favorites. I think that's fair because the offense has been amazing this year. Uh, And I actually have the Ravens in this one. I think the Giants could keep it close or make it interesting with the way that they're playing this year. Uh, I've been critical. I've called them a garbage team. And while I still don't think they're a great team or maybe even a good team i think there's a lot of heart there there's a lot of uh i'll say very similar to the falcons to where they're scrappy they're not going to go away easily um and and if things go their way they're going to put up some points on you um and so i think that the giants have the capability to make this a close game but i think the ravens are the better team so i'm gonna go baltimore who you got man I don't know, man. I, like I'm, I'm over here like, I don't know, are there injuries? Like, what do I need to know injury-wise? Like, who's hurt? Not really anybody that moves the needle for me. I don't think anybody really. No no there, major star players. Because, oh, like, I don't think that this Giants team is that good. But they somehow just keep winning. They're scrappy, it's man. It's hard to, like, it's hard to to know what to do with them. Yeah. 
Um, but I do think that this Ravens team is one of the better teams in the league. All right, here's here's where I'm gonna go. I'm gonna like hedge my bet. I'm gonna hedge my bet here. Um, <laughs> I'm gonna say, I, I'm gonna say it's the Ravens. I'm gonna take the Ravens. Yeah. But I think that the Giants cover the line of five. I think that. Yeah. I think that the Giants yeah. are within five on this game. It's. I think that they're. Although they're not a, a sexy team, uh, I think they're a team that is is figuring it out. This is a, a top ten defense. Like I don't like. Sorry. I don't. I don't understand that. Uh, sorry. Let me hold on. Let me double check before I actually fully commit to saying that out loud. <laughs> yeah. Uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. They're the ninth best defense. That makes no in, sense to me. And points allowed. Now you get into total yards, and they're probably closer to thirteen or fourteen. Um, but I mean, points allowed, they're, they're top 10 defense. So, yeah, but they've also played, so they played the Titans in week one, which is not a great, not a great offense outside of, outside of Derrick Henry. They got the Panthers, they got the Cowboy, the Cooper Rush led Cowboys. They got the Chicago Bears. And then honestly, Sunday's game against the Packers was the best offense they've played. Yeah. So. Yeah, they could be, they could be counter. I, I definitely think they're counterfeit four in one team. Um, yes. Yeah, we're, we're we're all talking about giving me more reasons to to pick the Ravens in this one. <laughs> I think that the Giants are bound to show their true colors eventually. So I just so to, to me, what it is is I don't think that that Giants defense is legit, uh, and and the Ravens offense is absolutely legit, uh, and that's so true. and so that's that's the matchup that I think is going to be overpowering. I don't love the the um, the Ravens defense, and I think that the Giants offense. Is kind of sneaky spicy. I mean, me, me and you are both big fans of Danny Dimes, and Saquon is looking like the Saquon that we all hoped he would look like um, yeah. two years ago. And so, <clears throat> I mean, this team they don't have they don't have receivers really. Um, so that that's a tough part. But that offense can I think that offense can hang with some teams. Um, and then if you're playing a a less than stellar defense like the Ravens. I think they're going to put up some points. I just think the Ravens are going to put up more points because they're the better team. That's fair. Yeah. I think that's that's exactly what's going to happen. So let's head on down to Atlanta. We got the Falcons coming off that heartbreaking loss against the the Buccaneers, putting up a fight late in the game. And now they get San Francisco 49ers coming in. 49ers 3-2. and two. And they're five and a half point favorites. San Francisco on the road, five and a half point favorites. Um, this is a tough one for me, man, because I still like so much of me still wants to pick the Falcons every single week because every single game has been close. They've been in every single game. A couple plays go their way in every single one of their matchups. They could be five and zero right now, uh, yep. but it just hasn't, you know, shaken out that way and. What's crazy to me is that they could be 5 and 0 without great quarterback play. Marcus Mariota has not been stellar back there. He's done his job, he's done what he's needed to do for the most part, uh but he has not been stellar. And that's something that like makes me just want to believe in the Falcons that much more is that like they have that talent without a key piece. Um yeah. but uh think i've got to go niners just because i can't they can't seem to 
get that final push. And they always seem, for whatever reason, in, in most of these games outside of week one, um, they let their opponent build up a, a lead early. And then they're yeah. fighting from behind. Um, and when you have a less than stellar quarterback like Marcus Mariota, fighting from behind is a tough task. Um, and so yeah. I've got to go with the Niners. I think they're the, the, the more uh, high-powered team, the better team, definitely the better coach team. Um, well, uh for for now, better coach team. Arthur Smith looks looks solid. Um, but yeah, I'm going I'm going Niners. Who you got, man? Yeah, I'm with you. I, I with all my heart want to pick the Falcons in this game, but I just can't in good conscience. Yeah. You know, I, I think that the 49ers are still one of the best teams in the league, and it's because of this defense. 15, yep. And 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 with the strength of the Falcons being their offense, I think that this 49ers defense shuts them down pretty handily. Yeah. Um right now the 49ers are allowing 12 points per game to Atlanta's allowing 24 points per game. I mean, like it's just absolutely crazy how good this defense is. I want to know so, how many of those points that Atlanta's allowing per game come in the first half. Because it seems like that defense always wakes up in the second half and slows down the team. Like I said, every outside of week one, outside of week one where they put up like 24 points early on the saints and right. only allowed like 10. Um, it seems like every single week, the Rams put up a bunch of points early. The, uh, the, the bucks got out to an early lead. Um, it seems like every single week they're putting up early points and then somehow that defense comes alive and gets the stops to allow the offense, uh, to, to, to get them back in the game. Well, it goes hand in hand with being a team that's run dominant is because you're going to the the run game wears teams down. And that's really why you're seeing Atlanta have these second half surges is because um, if you watch this week's game, the Falcons weren't able to do anything the first half running the ball. Then the second half, it started to come alive. And people were like, right. oh, man, they, they changed the scheme. It's like, no, I'm sure that the defenders for the Bucks were exhausted. Like, yeah. they're, they they got to be tired now. Defending the run is one of the hardest things to do for four quarters. So the Falcons are able to, to wear teams down. And then when you're able to run the ball successfully, you're getting your defense rest. And so you're slowing the game down by by running the ball. You're slowing the pace down. You're giving your defense more time to rest, and so the Falcons' defense is coming in fresh. Yeah. When you know late in the game, which is not what you normally expect, and it's it's they're coming in in situations where it's almost easier to predict what the offense is going to do because you're down so much. You're like, this is they're probably going to run the ball, and then you get them to a third and long. It's like, well, now we know they're passing, and we can you know pay, play a pass package. So yeah, it could be due to that. Like to me, that's a logical reason of why these Falcons games have gone the way they've gone. Um, but I mean, I, I could be completely wrong. You know, <laughs> who knows? Yeah, yeah. who um, knows? But. Yeah, I'm I'm with you. I think that the 49ers, they're just they're too good. I love my birds, but uh yeah, I think I think San Francisco's got it. Yeah. Let's head on out to Cleveland where we have the New England Patriots coming into town to face the Cleveland Browns coming off a loss to the Chargers where they they put up a fight in that second half. Uh the yeah. Patriots Patriots somehow blew out the Dolphins. I don't know, or not the Dolphins, the Lions. Um, I don't know what happened in that game. This is a Lions team that was the number one 
offense going into, into that game. The best scoring offense surprising everybody, uh, and they got completely shut down by this Patriots defense. I don't understand what happened. I think maybe the Patriots have a better front than than we've thought, uh, led by by Matt Judon. Um, he had a he had a very good game against uh, that that Detroit offensive line. Um, but I don't think the Patriots necessarily have enough against this Browns team. This Browns team has looked very, very good. Once they get Massage Boy back in there uh, later on in the season, I think they're going to be even better. Uh, and yeah. it, it, it could be, it could be a very if he knows how to play football. Still. True, true. It could be a very fun year for Browns fans, though. Um, this team looks very good, uh, and they're playing well with with Brissett at quarterback. Currently, Cleveland are three point favorites. I think that's fair. I have Cleveland winning this game, although I did consider the Patriots. I just don't think that I, I don't know what to make of the Patriots without Mac Jones in there. That that's really yeah. what without Mac Jones or Brian Hoyer, I don't quite know uh, what to make of them. And even with Brian Hoyer, I think I still would pick Cleveland. Uh, so who you got, man? Yeah, it's interesting to me that the Patriots were able to stop Detroit's offense, offense yep. as well. Like as well as they they shut them out. Like. Yep. It's just weird, especially because the Patriots have like the twelfth best defense in the league points wise right now. Yeah. And that's after giving up zero points to the Lions. So yeah. like there's no telling how lo- how how far they were down the list as of last week. Um There's just a lot of pressure, man. They got a ton of pressure back there. Well, at least it's it seemed like they, they got a lot of pressure on, on Jared Goff. I don't know the exact um statistics to back that up, but I know they got they sacked him twice. Um they got six quarterback hits on him, so definitely, definitely important pressure on him. And, and Goff did not have a, a good game. He he did not look yeah. good. Yeah, very, uh, very, very Goffian of him. Yep. Um, so yeah, I I'm with you. I think that Cleveland, I, I this Cleveland team is just so good at football. Like, I I hate it because I am gonna have to watch, um, tickle me Watson, <laughs> be out there. And like I'm gonna have to see it, but you might have to I'm watch just... it in the playoffs with the way they're playing. Oh, gosh, I hope not, man. I really hope. I here's what I hope. Here's here's my real hope. I hope that he comes in and is awful. I hope that Job Jacoby Brissett keeps that job, wins the job away from him, and they can go to the playoffs. You're not. And listen, I like your I like your logic there, but you're not winning the job against somebody that you're literally paying two hundred and forty million dollars to. If Deshaun comes in and he throws two picks a game, no, like, there's no way. There's no. no what do you mean? There's no way there's the guy no hasn't played way. football in over a year. No, no, no. I'm, I'm, I'm not saying there's no way that that's not possible. I do think that that him coming in and throwing picks like that is possible. What I'm saying is there's no way that they bench him for Brissett, no matter how poor he's playing, because of the fact that they're paying him two hundred and forty million dollars, fully guaranteed, fully guaranteed. I don't think there's any. I don't think there's any way not to. Okay, listen. If he comes in. And he's throwing two picks a game, and you get to the last game of the season, and you're one game out of wild card in the playoffs. Are you gonna put him back out there? I I, I truly like. I understand the thought process. I know that there's a lot of people that are like, "Hey, you can't you can't afford not to play him, whatever." But like. I don't know. I think at, at some point, like if he comes in and, and that's, it's kind of a big if, Yeah. but also like 
I don't know. Like, what if he comes in and he just is not as good as he used to be, which is entirely possible. He yeah. has aged through this process, which he's only, what, like 26 at this point? Yes, yeah, I um, like that. But how old is that in massage years? You know, like, there's no telling what that is in... Anyway. <laughs> 26 equals how many happy endings? Yeah, who knows? <laughs> Uh, yeah, yeah. I, so, yeah, I, I, I'm rooting heavily against Deshaun Watson, but it's it's hard to root against this Browns team. I, this is something that I wanted to say: is you look at how bad Baker Mayfield has been, and and you can attribute it to Matt Rule if you want, and that's entirely, you know, that could be the case. But yeah, if you look at the success the success of Jacoby Brissett, mm-hmm. I think there's something about this offensive scheme in Cleveland yeah. that's that's fantastic because they are, they look unbeatable on offense. Yeah. And then you have that defense, which is just crazy good. Um, well, I mean, I think, I think Stefanski is just a good coach. I mean, I, I thought that the first year that he was there, the first year that he was there with Baker, Baker played really well. He had a really good season. And so I, I thought that, that Stefanski had a lot to do with it. I think he's showcasing that even more this year with, with Brissett as, as his quarterback. So I don't know. I, I I just don't I don't see Brissett keeping that job come week thirteen or whatever week it is, whenever uh whenever Sean's back. Um as much as as much as you and I think a lot of people across America would like that to happen, um I just don't think I don't think it will and I think I think that Stefanski, if if that scenario plays out like you suggested, and you come down to week eighteen, you're one game out. It's a must win game. I think Stefanski's going to be put in a very tough position to have to decide between uh, the guy that you're paying, you know, a quarter of a billion dollars to, uh, versus Jacoby Brissett. Like I, that's, I don't want to be in in that coaching room or in the meeting room with the owners uh, and GM. Uh, if if that were to be the case, but yeah. Let's go out to Indianapolis, where we have the Jacksonville Jaguars coming off a surprising performance against the Houston Texans, uh, heading into Indianapolis. Indy squeaking out that overtime win against the Broncos in what has been the ugliest football game of the season. Uh, currently, Indy are two point favorites. That's probably fair. I don't know what to make of, of, of either of these teams. I think the Jags, I think, are clearly on the rise, and the Colts are just kind of staying stagnant. Uh, I don't know, man. I chose the Jags in this one, um, and I don't really have great reasoning why, because I don't know what to make of the Colts. I did because I did. <clears throat> exactly. Um, I think the Jags have a lot of talent. And like I said, they're on the rise, even though they did have a surprisingly bad performance against a bad team um, like the Texans. I think the Jags are playing better football as a whole over the last five weeks than this Colts team. Um, so yeah. I'm going to pick Jacksonville. Who you got, man? Uh, I'm with you. I've got the Jags. I think that... I. I want the Jags to be one of the best teams in the league. So I think I'm just in my head. I've just kind of decided yeah. that that they're headed that way. Yeah. And we will see if that is indeed the case or not as the season 
I think it is. I think it is. Um, And I mean, for me, in my head, I want the Colts to be one of the best teams. I think, again, they have a lot of a lot of players that you want to root for and you want to like, but they have not played well. I've given up on them already. Yeah, I'm, 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 I'm kind of with you, especially with the way they looked against the, the Broncos. They just looked bad. Just as yeah. much as the Broncos looked bad, the Colts looked equally as bad. It was yeah. a mess. Uh, yeah, it was rough. Yeah, don't. I'm not, I'm not coming near the Colts as long as Frank Reich's the coach. He's just not a good coach. He's yeah. just not. Absolutely fair. So let's go down to Miami where we have the Minnesota Vikings coming off a little bit of a close one against the Bears. Should not have been as close as it came down to, uh, but they, they managed to get the win and they're going into uh, Miami to face the Miami Dolphins. Do we know who is quarterbacking for them? Uh, I know that I know that Teddy Bridgewater was ruled out of the game on Sunday um, because of the new concussion protocol where if you have uh i believe the term was ataxia i think is what it was which is the uh the body's response to a head injury um if you if that is visible then you have to you have to be ruled out the rest of the game is essentially um what it boils down to and that's why teddy was ultimately ruled out even though he did allegedly pass through the protocol um whenever he was taken back after the the hit to Bridgewater, um, I believe Tua might still be out. I don't know. That's what what we got over there, Doc. So here's what we have so far. As of yesterday, sorry, as of Sunday, Tyreek Hill was spotted with a walking boot on his left foot following Sunday's 40 to 17 loss to the Jets. Ooh. David Furones of the South Florida Sun Sentinel reports. Uh, and this is according to ESPN. Mm-hmm. Um, Teddy Bridgewater is in the NFL's concussion protocol after exiting the game to the Jets. So there's no telling what that means. Yeah. Um, and then uh, as of yesterday, the status for Tua Tungavailoa is just still out. That's all it says. Okay. Maybe he's still watching McGruber. Who knows? All right. Um, but, yeah, so it, it looks like Tyreek is potentially out. I, I don't know. I feel like if somebody was in a walking boot, to expect them to play football yeah, a week later? Yeah. I don't know. Um, yeah. Well, yeah. Minnesota are three-point favorites on the road against this Miami squad, and that's what I'm rolling with is Minnesota. I don't think that Minnesota is necessarily the better team, um, but, the they Dol- are the healthier but they're team. the healthier team, and with all those, <laughs> all those potential injuries to the Dolphins' offensive uh, squad, uh, I think the Vikings are, should win this game. Um, as long as that offense comes ready and, and can score some points like we know they can, um, I'm rolling with the Vikings. Who you got, man? Uh, yeah, I'm with you. I think that the Vikings just, but just because of injuries, man, like yep. I, I, yep. I wish that the Dolphins were healthy. Cause I think that the Dolphins could vie for that division title up yep. there in the AFC North, uh, AFC East, AF, AF, East you got in it. their division. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, you know, I, I like this Dolphins team, but I, they're just too banged up, man. Even with Teddy Bridgewater, the Vikings have been rolling. The Vikings are four and one. Have been. Um, Kirk Cousins is 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 pretty surgical this year. Yeah. Um, outside of the outside of the game against the Eagles, this team has looked yeah. really good. Yeah, which is hard to play good against the Eagles at yeah. all. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I think that the Vikings are the better team as the injury report sits right now i agree i agree 
let's head on down to Narlands, the Superdome, where we have the Cincinnati Bengals coming in off that loss to the Ravens in Sunday Night Football to face a New Orleans squad that squeaked out a win against Seattle uh, on Sunday. Currently on the road, Cincinnati are one-and-a-half-point favorites. Um, I think that's probably fair. I don't think there's a lot to love about this Cincinnati team, especially with uh, Andy Dalton still at, at quarterback. Um, but maybe maybe throw Taysom Hill out there because Taysom Hill had himself a day. Uh, I, I don't... I still don't understand that guy. He just plays whatever position you need him to play and sometimes <laughs> plays them very well. Um, yeah. But... I've got the Bengals in this one. I still think the, this Bengals team is a good team, although they haven't quite looked at, uh, I would say, for a full game this year. Um, yeah. They've looked at at times, um, but for the, they can't put a full a full game together, I don't believe. Um, yeah. But I still think that they're a good team. They're facing a inferior opponent. I've got the Bengals. Who you got, man? Uh, yeah, I'm with you. I've got... I've got the Bengals in this one. You know me. I don't think I ever can pick the Saints, especially in the state that team is right now. Yeah. Uh, pride, pride aside, I think that the Bengals are are the better team. Um, I don't think very highly of the Saints at all. Yeah. Um. So give me uh, give me the Bengals in this one. Yeah, I'm with you. I I just think that. The Saints did put up a lot of points against the Seahawks. They they um, got the win, but I think it's because they were facing the Seahawks. Like we saw the Detroit Lions put up, you know, forty five points against them yeah. um, the week before. So I I don't think the Seahawks defense is very good. And when you face bad yeah. defenses, it makes your offense look better. Um, I don't think that that game is necessarily indicative of what the Saints offense is, and I don't think right. that Saints defense is. As stellar as a lot of people in the media want want you to believe, right? The media <clears throat> wants you to believe the Saints are a good football team. Yeah. <laughs> so let's go up to Pittsburgh, where we have the Tampa Bay Buccaneers coming off a controversial win against the Atlanta Falcons, coming in to face this Pittsburgh squad. Pittsburgh currently sit at one and four. Been a little bit of a disappointing season for them, but that was to ex- to be expected with their question marks at the quarterback position. Um, I do like I do like Kenny Pickett being in there. I don't think Pickett had a bad Sunday um, against a very good Bills defense. The kid still put up three hundred and twenty something yards passing. Um, he had yeah. a, he had a decent day, uh, but less than stellar day against against the Bills. But that's to be expected against a good Buffalo team. Um, I think that he will have a better line against this Tampa Bay defense that is not the Tampa Bay defense of old. However, no. currently, Tampa Bay are eight-point favorites. Um, and I think that's pretty disrespectful uh, uh, towards the Steelers, although uh, the Steelers did just get blown out of the water by Buffalo. It was Buffalo. Buffalo has the best offense in the league. Uh, they're probably the best team in the league. Uh, and and the Steelers team is still young, still going through some growing pains, um, especially at the quarterback position. In my spicy pick of the week, I have the Steelers over the Bucks. Sorry, have I the Steelers oh over God. the Bucks. Um, and it's because of Kenny Pickett. I think Pickett's gonna have a good day against this this Bucks defense. Um I am a little bit worried about the 
Pittsburgh defense slowing down Tom Brady. However, I think Steelers defense is maybe at this point underrated. Um, and the Bucks offense is not as scary as it has been in years past. Um, I, I think this could be a close one, and I've got Pittsburgh winning it. Yeah, I was just I was just doing a lot of research on on Kenny Pickett's uh, performance last game. I there's a lot that I like about this Steelers team offensively, really solid. Um, a lot of really good pieces. I don't love Kenny Pickett. I do think pretty highly of this Bucks defense, although they they looked bad towards the end of the Atlanta game. Their pass defense was fairly solid. So yeah, that's fair. And like, that's really what you need to stop with Pittsburgh. I don't know, man. I, I want to pit pick Pittsburgh, man. That's, that's hard to say, especially with the picket and the pickens <laughs> and the P- Pittsburgh and the pickens. Hey, I'm making picks and they're, pickens. They're easy to pick. It. They're easy to pick. Easy to pick. Uh, and I think maybe the Kenny Pickett is a little too easy to pick uh, if you're a defense, if you know what I'm saying. Um, so I'm going to go, I'm going to stick with the Bucks, even though I feel like I'm choosing the Death Star and picking Darth Vader. I just think at this point, Darth Vader is better than the Padawan that is Kenny Pickett. <laughs> We know about that's, Darth Vader and younglings, that, so we'll listen, see how Kenny Pickett can fare against. That's fair. I mean, you you mentioned you mentioned Pickett's picks though, and and he does have four, but three of those were against the Jets, and two of those were off tipped passes uh, to his receivers, I, I, and another one was another one was, was 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 a hail mary. So like, I'm giving the kid a break until he gets a chance to prove himself. Oh, I think this is the week, man. I think he's going to have a surprisingly good performance. I mean, completion percentage has been solid. He put up a lot of yards against a good uh, Buffalo secondary. I think this is... I think he's going to have a sneaky good week. Um, Yeah, it could. So, I'm here for it. I'm here for it. Let's go out to LA, where we have the Carolina Panthers heading out there with a new coach. Uh, surprising, well, surprising everybody with how early in the season it is. Uh, yes. Carolina finally got rid of their head coach, Matt Rule. Uh, should have been canned about nine months ago, but he is yep. he is gone now. Carolina can can be free from the disaster that was the Matt Rule experiment, uh, and and they're moving on with Steve Wilkes, I believe, is the new. Uh, interim head coach. I should probably know who who it is. Um, anyways, they're heading into LA to face the Los Angeles Rams, who are sitting at two and three. Uh, been a surprising disappointment this year. This LA squad currently, though, they are ten and a half point favorites on Sunday against Carolina, which I think is maybe a little disrespectful to Carolina. But yeah. no Baker Mayfield, no Sam Darnold. We're getting. XFL star PJ Walker as the starting quarterback in this game. I didn't know Baker was out. What happened to Baker? Some kind of foot injury. Just like Tyreek after the game, he was in a uh, walking boot. So, yeah, yeah. Yeah, He's uh, helpful for this game. Very interesting situation they've got there. Um, I've got the Rams in this one. I don't think the Carolina has much of of a chance. There's just too much change. Too much change happening right now. Um, 
I do like this Carolina team. I'm hopeful that moving on in the season, now that Matt Rule is gone, they can put up a little bit of a fight, especially in a weak division, maybe make a run at that division. Because um, that defense has talent, uh, and they have some offensive playmakers in, in Christian McCaffrey um, and, and uh, uh, Robbie Anderson, um, guys like that. I, I'm, I, still, I still like P.J. Walker, but he has not looked good at the NFL level, even though he no. dominated the XFL. Um but I've got to go with the with the Rams. Who you got, man? Yeah, I'm with you. I, I even though I don't think the Rams are a very good team, uh, I think that they're better than what the Panthers are able to roll out there. I, there was part of me that that hesitated to pick this game. That was before I knew that Baker Mayfield was injured. Um, but I, because of like playing for a new coach, maybe they're a little fired up. Maybe scheme wise, things are a little different than they've been on tape. I, you know, there's just no way to know there. Um, but I, I think that overall, the Rams are still just a little bit tougher, even though I don't think they're very tough at all. Um, yeah, I'm so, with you. Yeah. I don't think there's anything to like about this Rams squad, but they're facing a Panther squad that is in a much worse position. That's really what it, what it, what it boils down to. Yeah, absolutely. <clears throat> so let's head up to Seattle. We've got another bird fight out there fight. out there in the Pacific Northwest. We have the Arizona Cardinals flying their way up to Seattle to take on the Seattle Seahawks. Currently, Arizona are three-point favorites on the road. That's probably fair. This team, while there are a lot of question marks about this team, um, I think they're just more talented uh, on, on every level, except for possibly head coach. Um, I still don't believe in Cliff, Cliff Kingsbury, um, and Pete Carroll has shown to be maybe a decent head coach with what he's been able to do with Geno Smith. This yeah. Seahawks offense has been fun to watch, but that defense is so bad. It's 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 so, so bad. Um, so I've got to roll with this Cardinals offense. I think that they're, I think they're more talented. I think they're going to put up Put up some some points against this this bum garbage Seahawks defense. Who you got, man? Uh, I guess I'll get the shake around. Oh man, going with the spicy spicy take. I've got uh, I've got the Seahawks in this one. There's there's just a little I don't know. There's a little magic to me. Yeah, in the Seahawks team, uh, I think that the Seahawks, especially playing at home, I, this is one of those games that. If this were in Arizona, I probably would give it to the Cardinals. But I think that the Seahawks, I like what I see from this offense, especially yeah. with how Geno Smith has started clicking so much better with Lockett and DK Metcalf. I mean, that pass that he just laid in the breadbasket for Tyler Lockett was yeah. as good as any throw I've ever seen from Russell Wilson, which is shocking. I think that this is another team that, like, the Baker Mayfield Cleveland scenario where I said, this is weird to me that the old quarterback looks worse and the new quarterback looks better. Yeah. Here we sit. Russell Wilson's not looking very good. Gino Smith making a case for MVP of my heart. Like I just, <laughs> you, you know, I, it's, it's hard to say that maybe it was the system. Yeah. Maybe it was the system. And so, you know, Geno Smith is starting, start, not starting to flourish. Geno Smith is been, flourishing. Yeah. And so 
Yeah, I, I'm gonna go with the Seahawks. This Cardinals team, I don't, I don't. They're, they're, they basically don't exist to me this season. They're not doing anything <laughs> great. They're not like they, they are. They're very, to me. They're probably how they look at the Falcons. Is they're like, yeah. oh, are they, are they win, are they losing? I don't. <laughs> does it matter? Like, I don't think that this Cardinals team is good enough to be yeah. a contender. I don't think they're bad enough to get a top draft pick. So they're just kind of floating out there. And this Seahawks team, they're just fun, and I want to root for them. So I think that's why I'm taking them. That's fair. I mean, this Seahawks offense is a lot of fun to watch. Um, yeah. I, I, I wanted to ask you how you're feeling about that DK Metcalf trade that you made in our in our deep keeper league. Yeah, honestly, I feel pretty good. So for those of you guys who, who aren't in there, I have DK Metcalf, who I drafted before his rookie season, felt like yeah. a genius, that I was like, hey, this dude was a stud at the combine. Yeah. I don't see any reason why he's not going to be good. So I took him, and this is a league where we've got like – 14 keepers there's 12 teams like it's ridiculous and and yeah. going into this season my my only two running backs that i had were jk dobbins and tyler algier for the falcons which now i'm feeling pretty good about it because i like you know i love cordell patterson but tyler algier is starting to prove himself yeah, yeah. cordell's hurt but I traded DK Metcalf thinking there's no way he's going to be productive because I was expecting Drew Locke to be the starter and even Pete Carroll was not crazy enough to put Drew Locke out there consistently. <laughs> um, and so I was like, I think this might be the end of DK Metcalf, but DK's played pretty well, but I was already pretty stacked, like pretty comfy with receivers. Um, and I was able to get Devin Singletary and Raheem Mostert in the trade. Okay. Both of them have had pretty yeah. good seasons. So I feel pretty good because I got two starting running backs right. out of the deal. And mm -hmm. and although DK the last two weeks has been really good, I still don't know if his ceiling is as high with uh, Gino and not Russ. Yeah. But, you know, it's not to say he's a bum, but I just don't think that he's going to be as consistent as he was with Russ. So... I still feel pretty good about it as of right now. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that, that's that's fair. Uh, going back to this Cardinals team, uh, you make a good point about them just kind of floating around. I mean, honestly, outside of a miraculous two-point conversion by Kyler Murray, uh, this team should be one and four right now. Um, yeah. With their one team coming over the hapless uh, Carolina Panthers two weeks ago. Um, yeah. They did put up a fight against... Philly though, which is which is interesting because if Philly is as good as we all think they are, sitting at five and zero, oh, this is a team that only lost by three, um, yeah. And so that that's that's interesting to me. I, I again, I went with them. I think that that might be some recency bias with the way they put up a fight against the supposed um, best team in the league. But you know, I like the Seahawks. I I I, I do think that that is a fun team to follow, and yeah, we'll see what happens, man. See what happens. Hey, you know what? Got to pick a bird. And a okay, which one of those would win in a real fight? Is a seahawk just a seagull? Is that just like did they just were like like let's know, call man. it a seahawk? It looks it looks more intimidating than a seagull. I I'm think. gonna Google it. Uh, just looking at the pictures, um, and we all know what a cardinal is. I think I'm gonna even if it's a seagull, I think I'll go with with seahawk. <laughs> it doesn't exist, does it? It's not real. It's not a real. 
breaking news. We are breaking news here on Booth Review. The Seahawk is not real. There's no such thing as a Seahawk. The Seahawk is from the, the media is trying to convince you that Seahawks are real. Uh, so I Googled. I just Googled Seahawk versus Seagull. The first thing, what is the difference between a Seagull and a Seahawk? There is no such thing as a Seahawk. Like, it doesn't even try to say, like, it's, like, just a cool term. It's just flat out. There is no such thing as a Seahawk. Doesn't exist, man. Doesn't exist. That's the, that's the title of the episode. There is no such thing as a Seahawk. Um, it says, but you super fans probably knew that already. Nope, didn't. Didn't at all. Didn't know that. Um, well, I don't think either one of us belongs to the... The twelve, as they like to call themselves, no, uh, or so. or or that any of, and actually, I think this is more like for bird watchers. Like oh, they're like, oh, you know this okay. as a, as an avid bird watcher, <laughs> you're we, familiar with the fact that a seahawk belong, is not a real. Bird. We don't belong to that club either. So, <laughs> oh man, moving on. We all right. So these next two games are the spicy matchups of the week. Oh uh, yes, this one in particular is going to be extra a spicy. I want to start a change.org petition to get one of these to bump the Monday night game. Please, please, like, can please, we, please. Can we just not even play the Monday night game? Just don't even this, don't worry about it. The fact that this game is not in primetime is an absolute travesty. We it have is. the four and one Buffalo Bills taking on the four and one Kansas City Chiefs. I don't think I need to remind anybody. Uh, what happened last time these two mm. teams met? I'm going to anyways. I'm just going to sum it up by saying 13 seconds. 13 seconds is what Patrick Mahomes needed uh, to send this game to overtime, in which the Chiefs ultimately won because of a coin toss, which is garbage. We all agree on that. Uh, yep. But playoffs, Bills, Chiefs. This is kind of becoming a uh, a rivalry of sorts i think in the afc with as often as these two teams have met and and more times than not buffalo being on the losing end i've talked multiple times this season about the kansas city hump that buffalo has to get over to get to that elusive super bowl uh and i hope that this is the year but this is a game where it starts here bills need to go on the road to kansas city and get this get this win currently buffalo are three-point favorites I think that's fair. I think they're the better team. However, I I could see that being a closer line. I could see them being one, maybe one and a half point favorites. It might be might be more fair, um, especially with this game being in Kansas City at Arrowhead. Yeah, that means that if this game were in Buffalo, they would have Buffalo favored by six, which is that's which is a ridiculous wild. line. Which is a ridiculous line. Um, yeah, I do have the Bills winning this game. I think the Bills are the better team. However. That Bills defense is still a little bit banged up. They're still dealing with yeah. a little bit of injury, and maybe Patty Mahomes and company can take advantage of that, put up some points um, quickly against that against that banged up secondary. But I still like Buffalo, man. I mean, I think it's tough to say Josh Allen's a better quarterback than, than Patrick yeah. Mahomes, but looking at statistics, like these two guys are probably one and two in the MVP race with, with Lamar Jackson right there at, at third. Uh this game's going to be an absolute stellar matchup. Uh, I think that if we're lucky, we'll get something close to what we got back in January between these two teams. And I think that that's a real possibility with, with how these two teams look right now. But yeah. who, who you got, man? Uh, yeah, I'm with you. I've got the Bills. This was a tough game to pick. Um, I 
I just, you know, like we we always say the AFC runs through Kansas City. It does still. It does still. But I mean, well, technically, it should run through Cincinnati. I mean, that's true. Cincinnati's the last team that went to the Super Bowl representing the AFC. So, as far as I'm concerned, it's up for grabs. And the eye test tells me, everything tells me, looking at this team, that the Bills are the better team. Yeah. I, I think that, you know, I, I really do. I think that it's it's 1A, 1B as far as quarterback play. Yeah. Like, and and it, it doesn't really matter to me which one you put where. I, I think that it's fine. Um, receivers, give me Buffalo. When it comes to looking at those receiving <laughs> yeah. cores, yeah. Stephon Diggs is better than like three of the Chiefs sitting on each other's shoulders. And like, Gabe Davis, what Gabe Davis has been able to do this year has been ridiculous. Yeah. Ridiculous. Um, now, obviously, Travis Kelsey is, it, it's crazy to me to think that he could be the greatest tight end in Kansas City history yeah. when Tony Gonzalez yes. played there. <laughs> but like, I think that that's probably a, a fair thing to say. Yeah. Travis Kelsey might be the best tight end of all time. Man just had and, four touchdowns on Monday Night Football. Like I, I would not hesitate to say that I would put Travis Kelsey as and and tight end is my favorite offensive position. I love watching tight ends play football. Is, is my favorite thing. Yeah, which don't let's not take that out of context. Um, but <laughs> I, I and and so and I love watching Travis Kelsey. I've never seen a tight end dissect defenses the way Travis Kelsey does. So anyway, um, but defensively, the the Bills are just so good. Just so yeah. good, and and yeah, like yeah. you pointed out, that you know, without safety, Micah Hyde, it, that's tough. Um, I'm just but, I'm just gonna throw it out there, just so you're prepared. I'm sure you already know this, uh, but we're gonna get absolutely murdered by Peter in the Discord uh, for for both picking the Bills. I don't think so. I think Peter I think knows so. that like this is a like he he's gonna disagree, but I don't think that he is going to be like. It's not like we picked the Jets to beat the Chiefs, right? Like we're picking the team that is Fair. almost the the they're the I, I've called them this the the whole time. They're the darling of the media this year. Like everybody is like Bills Mafia. We're all Bills Mafia now. Like and and so like for us to pick them, it's like we're just falling in step with what most most of the country Listen. is thinking. But can the Chiefs come out and win this game? Absolutely. Yeah. Fair. Like. This was not an easy game for me to pick. I, yeah. I, I, this is not a game that I was like, oh yeah, this is the Bills have this one. No, I, I, it was hard for me to pick the Bills, especially in Kansas City. Yeah, but I, I think that there's an element of revenge here from that playoff game where the Bills are going to come in and say we should have, we should have won that game, and we're going to tonight. Yeah, and so I, I think that's what we're going to see happen. In that game on Sunday, I'm just I saying think the Bills have had this circled on their calendar all oh, year. Oh, 100 percent, hundred percent. I'm just saying that Peter is definitely going to slander us uh, in in the Discord uh, chat at least somewhat for both agreeing on the Bills against the Chiefs. Um, if you're not in the Discord, I've right. got it pinned to the top of the YouTube chat. If you're in here watching us on YouTube, uh, if you're listening to us, it's in the description of the episode. Come hop in, the, uh, hop into the Discord and watch the slander go down live because uh, it's it's going to happen uh, inevitably. Um, but yeah, I think the Bills are just. I think they're the better team, man. I think I think they just are. Um, yeah, and if and if we're all honorary members of of Bills Mafia, 
I'll sign up for that. Throw me yeah. through throw throw me through a flaming table. I'm here for that. Let's do it. Let's go. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Let's move on. That's also I also want to point out that that is the most expensive ticket this week. Oh, $267. That's fair. $267. Meanwhile, you can go to the brand new, beautiful Rams. Isn't it SoFi? Isn't that where they play? SoFi Stadium. Beautiful SoFi Stadium for $32. Yep. Yep. So it's the power of the product of football. (laughs) Is when you're putting a good product out there, people will pay out out the butt cheeks to go see your team play. What have you done for me lately? That's what it comes down to. Yep. Um, moving on to the next spicy matchup of the week. We get, it feels weird saying this, but we get a fun NFC East battle uh, on Sunday Night Football. I know that Sunday Night Football has, for whatever reason, over the last, like, seems like decade now, try and shoved down our throat the fact that the NFC East is a good division. And this year, it actually is. Uh, we get the 4-1 Dallas Cowboys heading into Philly to face the 5-0 flying high Philadelphia Eagles. Currently, Philly are five-point favorites. Uh, I think that's fair. I don't. I, I still don't understand this Cowboys team. I think the defense is incredibly dominant and legit, but this offense... It's able to score points with with a, a quarterback they shouldn't be able to score points with. Um, I think this is this week's going to be the biggest test for them because they're finally facing an actual, real, legit, good defense in this Philadelphia Eagles defense. Um, and and on the other side, this Philadelphia offense is going to get their biggest test in facing a absolute Super Bowl contending, championship caliber Dallas Cowboys defense, which feels incredibly weird to say that anything about Dallas Cowboys are championship caliber because I've thought for years and years and years that this team should not be uh, the top. We were high on them last year. No, no, no. Yes, but for years I've thought this team should not be given the love and appreciation that they have seemed to get from the media for a decade plus now for no reason. Um, so yeah. it feels weird to say that about Dallas, but this is this is a good team and is a fun team. And I'm stalling because I don't know who I want to pick in this game. <laughs> I think, though, I think, though, that I'm going to go with Philly. And it's because... I just don't have faith in Cooper Rush and the and the Cowboys offense. I think there's a lot of good pieces there. I think the the way that you've talked about with them switching up the way that they run their offense, it's worked for them. Um, but I think that Eagles defense is legit, and I think the Eagles offense is good enough to score points on a very good uh, Dallas defense. So I'm going with Philly. Who you got, man? Yeah, I even think that there's a chance that Philly scores a touchdown on defense this week. Ooh. I think that, um, you know, I <clears throat> okay. Here's where here's where my whole crux lands. Mm-hmm. If Coop, if Dallas wins this game and Cooper Rush plays well, I will say bye bye Dak Prescott. Yeah, I think that. I think that I that is when I will give Cooper Rush his flowers. I will give Cooper Rush his flowers if they can come out 
and he can he can be competent. I'm not even going to I'm not even going to say he needs to be good. But really what he's been <clears throat> since he's been the Dallas Cowboys starter yeah. is he's been a like you know 12 for 15 uh 13 for 19 like I think 19 is probably his his um ceiling on on pass attempts this season. Yeah. They they really try to limit his his pass attempts. Um, I mean, as just, as they should, honestly. Now I'm just really curious as to see what his uh, what his past totals have been. Um, here we go, game log. So, against LA, he had 16 attempts. He went 15 for 27. Yeah. Wow. They've had him throwing the ball like 30 times in the game against New yeah, York. But but look, but look at those yardage totals. Like it's like these aren't. These aren't like yeah. passes going downfield. It's 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 dink yeah. and dunk type passes. Yeah, um, yeah, and and I mean for a lot of it, like he throws a, a little quick slant to Ceedee Lamb that Ceedee Lamb runs for right forty five yards. Right. Um, so I I think that again they're not they're not relying on him a lot. So if he can even just be efficient, if he can be efficient against this Eagles defense, I will be shocked and i will finally give him his flowers um <laughs> but at this point i think that he throws probably two picks um if they're if he throws it 30 times he absolutely throws two picks like put that down that's my spicy take that's my hot hot take for this game if he throws 30 times he's throwing two picks one of them might be for a touchdown um but yeah the eagles they're a better team if this game if it's Dak prescott and if it's in dallas I might pick Dallas, but as of right now, I, I know that the Eagles have to lose at some point, and so I'm waiting to pick when they're going to lose. I just don't see it being this game. Yeah, I'm with you, and I mean, I think that you mentioned it not being at home for Dallas. I think Lincoln Financial Field is going to be incredibly loud uh, on, on on Sunday night. Um, Philly is known for having a, a little bit of a wild fan base. I think they're going to be going crazy on Sunday night and it's going to make it a little bit difficult for, uh, for, for Cooper and the boys to communicate um, on offense. And yeah, look, look at their, looking at Philly's schedule. I mean, this team legitimately could go 17 and zero against like, like, have you looked at their schedule? Yeah. They're facing no. they're facing the Cowboys at home this week. They're facing the Steelers at home uh, on, on, next week or the well they get the bye next week and they face the Steelers. Then they have to go on the road to Houston to face the Texans. Then they Man. get the Commanders at home. Man. They have to go on the road to face the Colts. Then they get the Packers trap, the Packers at home. At the Colts, but potentially. Uh, yeah. I, I think I think the Packers are going to be their toughest opponent and with the way the Packers have played this year, that ain't going to be a tough opponent. Packers have not looked good. I think the, the Eagles could absolutely tear the Packers apart, especially when you consider how the Vikings played against the Packers in Week One, and then what Philly did to the Vikings in Week Three. Like this, I th- uh, Week Two may, might have been, um, but either way, then they get the Titans. They go on the road to New York to face the Giants. They go on the road to Chicago to face the Bears. They go on the road to face Dallas on Christmas Eve. That's another game that they could potentially lose. Then yeah. they get the Saints at home and the Giants at home to close out the season. That's a potential yeah. 17-0 type schedule. 
I mean, yeah. there's there's a couple of games, mainly the Cowboys on the road and the Packers, um, and maybe the Giants. Maybe. See, see, this is this is what I'm waiting for with the Giants is for to get them to face Philly, um, in in that division because. And it's unfortunate we don't get the, those games until December. But I don't think that this this Giants team is very good, and I would like to see them against a team of Philly's caliber, because um, that's another team that has a very easy schedule, very easy schedule to go. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, it's it's interesting, man. I mean, this this Eagles team is very good and has a chance at having a historically good season. And I was I was pretty I was pretty on the front end of that. You were spot on on with it, man. I mean, we we both I think we both went Eagles for the division. I know that I had Eagles and Cowboys tied at twelve and five uh, for their record. Um, I might have actually so, had the Cowboys. I think I had the Cowboys winning the division, and then yeah, I, the Eagles coming in second. But I had the Eagles making the postseason. Yeah, I might have had the same thing because I don't remember how my tiebreakers shook out. But either way, I had both these teams making the playoffs. Uh, both of them finishing with the, the same record at, at twelve and five, um, so yeah, that's that's going to be a fun, fun division race to follow uh, as the season, you know, chugs along. But let's go over to Monday Night Football, ending on a little bit of a dud. But you know, with Brandon Staley coaching in this game, anything is possible as far as excitement goes. <laughs> uh, we have the two and three underwhelming Denver Broncos with a hack job for a coach facing Staley's Los Angeles Chargers. Uh, currently, the Chargers are five-point favorites um, despite doing their best to give away a game against Cleveland on Sunday. Uh, they are 3-2. and two. I think the Chargers are the better team. Um, this is a team that I had a lot of faith in before the season. This is a team I still have a lot of faith in despite their recent performances. Um, and I think that me and you both agree they're just a little too banged up right now. But I have the Chargers winning this game mainly because I don't have any faith in this Broncos team. Uh, if you watched, if you watched uh, Thursday Night Football last week, First off, I'm sorry. I feel bad for you. Uh, I feel bad for all of us that sat through that awful, terrible football game. Uh, but you know how terrible this Denver team is on both sides of the ball. Yeah. The defense looks looks terrible. The offense looks even worse. Um, and being without Javante Williams, who is a stud running back, uh, is, is absolutely a big loss for them. So I've got to go with the Chargers. I think they're just the better team. Who you yeah. got, man? Same, same. I, I think that the Chargers, I, I want to love these Broncos. I was very high on yep. these Broncos. And who, I, again, coaching. That's the only, like, when all else fails, you just point to coaching and say, what are you doing? What are you doing, man? Um, yep. So I'm going to go, just going to assume that it's coaching. But give me the Chargers in this one, even though they probably will be several times where the Chargers attempt to give this way, this away oh, by 100%. going for it on fourth and eight on their own 20 or something yep. stupid. Um, so, uh, yeah, I'm going to take the Chargers. But Yeah, as, as long as um, Brandon Staley continues to coach how he's coached his entire time in L.A., uh, I think that every single game the Chargers will attempt – Excuse me. Attempt to give the game away as much as possible. Um, yeah. He cannot get out of his own way, which is unfortunate because of the talent level of this team. Um, but yeah. yeah, the Chargers, better team. There's a. I don't think there's much to talk about. There will be a lot to talk about if the Broncos manage to win that game, though. 
Um, cause I think, I think what it's going to take is Denver's offense coming alive and being the offense that we all expected to see. Um, yeah. And then remembering how to play football through five games. I don't see that happening. Yeah. Um, but. Sadly. Yep. 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 Well, that wraps up all of the games for week six. I think it's going to be a good week, man. There's, there's some really good matchups. Yeah. Some really we got teams good on by. The buy teams. You, you didn't list them. You got We got to tell people. Oh, we got to well, tell people who's the not teams, playing. The teams on buy are the Detroit Lions, which is a good thing because they need to recover from they that get right out. from that absolute beatdown they got from the Patriots. Please, for the love of God, Dan Campbell, figure out a way to get that defense motivated and playing well, uh, and let's get the offense back to where it was through the first four weeks and not what yeah. they did against the Patriots. Uh, we also have the Tennessee Titans on buy. The Las Vegas Raiders, which the Raiders also need to buy after losing how they did to to the Chiefs. Um, the <laughs> Texans are also on by. So there you go. There's your four teams that are on by. Week six. Which Texans being on by, nobody's gonna miss them. Nobody's, nobody's gonna miss them. Nobody. Other than somebody will miss getting to play them. Yeah. Like, man. Yeah. Can't play the Texans. I mean, week. that's a bye week in and of itself, unless you're Jacksonville. Uh, but. Anyways, uh, as always, we appreciate you hanging out on watching us on YouTube. If you're in here, thanks for hanging out. Uh, we do this every week right around 8 o'clock. So if you're not in here watching us on YouTube, hey, maybe hop in here and hang out. Uh, if you listen to us in your car, on the road, in your office, whatever, wherever, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, however you consume your podcast, we very much appreciate it. We thank you. Um, if you're not in the Discord, come hang out in the Discord. It's where, where the football talk and sports talk in general goes down. Uh, I'm going to keep plugging it because it's the best uh, best of our social medias. Um, we're pretty terrible at the rest, but if you want, go follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Twitch, all that good stuff. Um, but as always, we appreciate you. We love you guys. Thanks for the support. And I think that's that. That's that.